Acts 23. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize he was the high priest. For it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. There was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petitioned the commander to bring him before you on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. But when the son of Paul's sister heard of this plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. The centurion said, Paul the prisoner sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside, and asked, What is it you want to tell me? He said, Some Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them because more than forty of them are waiting in ambush for him. They have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they have killed him. They are ready now, waiting for your consent to their request. The commander dismissed the young man with this warning. Don't tell anyone that you have reported this to me. Then he called two of his centurions and ordered them, Get ready a detachment of two hundred soldiers, seventy horsemen, and two hundred spearmen to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide horses for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. He wrote a letter as follows. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency 
Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews, and they were about to kill him, but I came with my troops and rescued him, for I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present to you their case against him. So the soldiers, carrying out their orders, took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipatris. The next day, they let the cavalry go on with him while they returned to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered that Paul be kept under guard in Herod's palace. Today's devotional is written by Ali Courtney and read by Sam McDermott. Paul is brought before the Sanhedrin in an attempt to resolve the dispute among the Jews. However, this leads to further uproar and arguments between the two Jewish groups, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Paul then evades a plot by the Jews to have him killed and makes his way to Caesarea. As Paul is brought before the Sanhedrin to be interrogated, he further speaks out vigorously against his treatment to one of the group without realising that the man he is speaking to is the high priest. When Paul becomes aware of what he has done, he recalls the Old Testament law, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. In our divided culture today, it's so easy to ignore this principle. Our media is saturated with inflammatory words about politicians, leaders and the monarchy. Although Paul didn't condone the way the high priest had treated him, breaking the law by harming a Roman citizen, Paul sought to respect the office of the ruling high priest. He manages to hold both aspects in tension, respecting the ruler, without which there would be chaos, while standing up to the person in charge and pointing out injustice. Respecting the structure of leadership God has put in place includes our duty to remind our leaders what they ought to be doing. How do you actively show respect and avoid speaking evil about our leaders and rulers when to do that is so countercultural at the moment? Welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever you are right now. Ask him to search your heart. Where our media and national conversation is so full of harsh words and divisive views, how can you be a unifying, Christ-like presence to those around you? How can you show respect to your leaders even when you don't agree with them? Pray for our rulers and leaders, even if we may consider them to be our political enemies, as Jesus calls us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us.
Let's finish with prayer. Lord, help us to be united as Christ followers, rather than divided, to stand in peace against the worldly hatred and anger towards our rulers. Give us the courage to respectfully stand up to those in power against injustice, corruption and sin.